Your radio is the perfect location. You don't have to miss the game at all. Make a note of the time and the station. We're gonna broadcast basketball. You're listening to Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, Andrew Ola. I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> the Spud Man. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Inside the Spud Goodman Show. I think this one's going to be pretty darn inside. Maybe so inside, I don't even know some of the stuff that's going to be revealed. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at the at the Freedom episode that was number 93 and first aired on 11-5-15. And it featured actor-musician Jeff Daniels, the now late great uh, actor and friend of this show, uh, Mr. Ed Asner. Uh, and our musical guest was The Fuzz. Uh, you know, that freedom word back then was used all the time by people who really had no strong attachment to it. They just used it to promote their own beliefs, not support the freedom of others. Yeah. Uh, anyway, before we get started on the topic, uh, I need to introduce our show's designated lapper, my Aunt Dorothy. Uh, give us all a robust chuckle, if you would. <laughs> oh, that will have to do for now. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, it was fine. It was, yeah, okay. it was fine. Yeah. So now let me introduce our show's temporary <coughs> permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Go ahead and say a couple words. Really? Uh, okay. Then I am Gerald uh, Excuse Holcomb. me. I hate to be a stickler for rules, but I did say a couple, so I, I really need to move on. Oh, you, you know, you to, know, you know what, Spud? I was hoping on this new podcast that you would depart from your long-term habit on our old radio show of ignoring me at the start of each episode. I oftentimes, it was quite insulting as I had very important things to share with our audience. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Well, um, well, go ahead. Go ahead and say, you know, more than a few words. How, how about a small group of words? Okay. Now, yeah, let's go that route. Not not a never-ending torrent of words, but a few select ones. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, well, that, that sounds pretty good to me. All right, so uh, I am Gerald Holcomb, and I'm excited to serve you as a co-captain on this. this... Uh, excuse me, uh, I don't know about co-captain. I mean, well, that's a big leap from, like, you know, temporary co-host. Uh, how about just go with co-staff member? Being a captain is in it's an officer's position, right? You know, and I, and I believe yeah. you you have to be commissioned for such a rank. Yes, I feel I totally deserve to be an officer of this show. I've spent too many years as an enlisted man serving on the radio show. It's time I was promoted. All right, let, let's go with private first class. You know, that's not private. an entry position. So anyway, I got to move on now to introduce Chance, you know, our intern, as I, I keep being reminded by management that he's sort of popular. Uh, so so here he is, Chance, the intern. You can say more than a small group of words. Feel free to fill 10 to 12 seconds. Here, you, you can start now. Go. I don't have a time limit when I want to express myself on this rinky-dink little well, excuse podcast. Me. Well, that okay. was the agreement that was made. If I feel the need to comment or interject, I have the floor for as long as I want. That's what popularity will get you. 
You know the old saying, give the people what they want. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, then I am now giving the people what they want by tossing to the introduction of the freedom episode that, you know, the first segment, as I said earlier, when, when we did this show, that word freedom uh, was repeated over and over and over on all right wing media and in print. Freedom! You know, it was the talking point of that era for sure. You know, Fox News really leaned into it. It was it was freedom this and freedom that. But mostly it was really about pushing their agenda of pro guns, no taxes and Obama bad. Uh, I should say this was you know, back before both my Aunt Dorothy and Chance worked on the show. Hopefully either of you guys are, are not threatened by the excellent work done on this episode by those who previously serve in your capacity. Well, I'm not threatened by Gina's work as the show's designated laugher back then. She was quite adept at it. <laughs> and I could give a crap about any interns who used to work on the show. I doubt any of them were as popular as I am. Well, a few of them were very well liked, let me say that. But well, whatever. Anyway, Dave, roll the first segment. You know, I feel we do have a really great show lined up for everyone. Yeah, I also should say hello to uh, our designated Laffer Gina. Gina, we couldn't do the show without you. That's right. Super. Thanks, Gina. Yeah. Um, well, so someone uh, let you see the uh, schedule tonight oh. before the show? Yeah. Who broke the policy and gave up that information? Well, I would prefer not to divulge that at this time. You know, I have to protect my sources of information around here. Good call, yo. For the life of me, I just don't understand why I can't be shown the schedules for the show before we go on the air. It's, it's good, not like... There's a good reason for this. Well, Spud, it's not like it's top secret national security data. I, I can be trusted with confidential and high highly sensitive stuff. Jeez, the interns get copies each week. Yeah, but with smartphones and that texting thing that everyone yeah. does these days, I just can't take the chance that you're going to leak show information prior to when we go on the air. Now, can you keep a secret? Why would I do that? That is ridiculous. Look, I prefer to keep who's going to be on the show to a need-to-know basis. Right. And you don't need to. No. To know. You know, we cannot have another Edward Snowden around here. But who really cares about the lineup of our show? You know, most programs advertise who's going to be on their shows. You know, your obsession for secrecy in all phases of this show might be one big reason you're not a bigger star by now. Well, maybe. But please, let me get this show underway with the least amount of interference. Okay. All right. You have total freedom here to do your thing. I will step aside and let you do what you plan to do. Good. I get it. Freedom is very important. It's a well, very important why didn't you thing. say so? Yeah, I guess so. Well, I only recently have taken some time to research that word and all it means, especially as it pertains to us Americans right now. Yeah. You know, freedom is what it's all about. I don't want to get up on a soapbox here, but have you yeah, read the don't. newspaper or watched cable news lately? I have been watching a bit of that new bowling channel before I crash at night. And bowling? Yeah, I've glanced at, you know, at the paper recently, mostly the obituaries, though, as there seems to be a lot more names I recognize. Seriously? No, 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 no. I I'm not talking about sports news. I've now become a regular viewer of the Fox Business Channel. Uh, my wife, really? Rachel, thought it would help us stay on top of our 401k accounts. I, I got to tell you, what a great channel. You know, I try to stay away you know, from anything with the name Fox in front of it. Which still makes, you know, stuff on uh, an FX, you know, okay, so thank God. Yeah. You know, it, it might have something to do, it probably does have something to do, you know, with my old TV show getting canceled by oh, those yeah. network suits and their cable division. I'll yeah. never forget. I'll never forgive. Ever. I know. I know. Ever. But that was many years ago. Yeah, uh, but Fox, I'll still never forget. But Fox is now a leader in news. There can be no dispute there. And what I've learned from watching them regularly is 
our basic freedoms are being attacked nonstop, and very shortly, we will be servants of the state if we don't stand up and say, enough is enough to the lamestream media. Too late, y'all. You know, I don't remember hearing Fox News mention uh, that freedom word much during Bush's time in the White House. Hello, does a Patriot Act ring a bell? Whatever. I I just need to play some music right now, so don't go all Patrick Henry on me. Okay, this band... uh Yeah, this episode might be titled the Freedom Episode, but as I said back then, that would never lead, you know, to you being granted the actual freedom to see our show schedules prior to going on the air. You know, now I know, you know, saying you might be another Edward Snowden was maybe a bit over the top, but I I just don't trust you with my intellectual properties. You know, the, the stuff I put together for each episode, you're a serious threat to leak information to the general public. And for sure, your wife... (laughs) I I continue to not get what your issue is with this topic. Your paranoia is very concerning. I'm not a threat to leak sensitive material to anyone. Yes, even to my wife. I I try to keep whatever is said in confidence here on the show to myself when I get home after a show. And sure, I could share an incident or two regularly where you were like dismissive of me or even even kind of mean to me but i choose to keep that private and keep my frustrations bottled up no you haven't you're a lying dog-faced pony soldier that's just not healthy gerald it could lead to high blood pressure or, or maybe even a stroke when I was younger, my uncle had one of those strokes when he heard Walker, Texer, Ranger was canceled by CBS. He loved Chuck Norris, and it was his favorite show. He recovered, but we're still not supposed to bring up the name of that show in front of him. I can't believe I let you plug the Fox News channel on this show. Anyway, you know, with that batshit crazy Maria Bartiromo and, and the other right-wing crazies there... I I should have drawn the line and asked management to put you on suspension or something. Well, that wouldn't have been very freedom-esque, would it? Hey, 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 you shut your face! No, probably not. But anyway, okay, let's move on to my interview with actor and musician Jeff Daniels. Uh, When we did this, he he was on tour doing shows in theaters around the country. You know, I checked out his music, and he's a very talented man. but, But in my opinion, you know, he is one of our greatest actors working today. That's I just wanted to say that. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, he, he was in Dumb and Dumber, which was, you know, really ballsy, uh, you know, given all the serious drama he had done over the years. Not a whole lot of people would take that kind of a risk. Uh, I'm just saying this dude can act with the best out there. Plus, he seems like, uh, you know, just a really, really nice man. Dave, roll a segment. Put him on. Yeah. Yeah. Here Don't he is. choke. I, I won't. Here he is. <laughs> All right, please welcome actor, musician, playwright, Jeff Daniels to the show. Thanks for taking the time to check in with us tonight. No, thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Uh, All right, for our Northwest listeners, you're going to be appearing at the Pantages Theater in Tacoma on November 11th. Showtime is 7.30. And the following night, the 12th, at the Kirkland Performance Center in Kirkland, Washington. And let me throw this out, too. uh, As we're also on in WROM in Detroit, you're going to be appearing on 11.22 at the State Theater in Kalamazoo, Michigan. All right. Yes, you got them. You got them all right. Way to be. I got. I got. Yeah, I, I did my research. All right. So, life on the road as a musician. Uh, better food um, backstage on tour or on a movie set. Um, you know, movie sets tend to have way too much food. Um, catering is a big deal on movie sets. So there's a lot of discussion amongst the crew whether the caterer is good or not. And I keep going through. 
I haven't met a mo- I've been on a movie set where the catering isn't like great because uh, my wife says I have no taste buds. But uh, but I, I I also it's it's just you know you're getting this five course meal in the middle of the day and you're complaining about the caterer. I, what do you people? What do you have five course meals at home? I don't think so. Well, do you have so anything? That, yeah, I mean, they're yeah. pretty good on the, pretty good on the movies. Venues they, they can kind of vary, but yeah. we we've uh, being on the road. We have a great appreciation of uh, Denny's. Oh, you know, all right, super. <laughs> it, it, it makes you know truck stops with Denny's are uh, something we seek out, and uh, it becomes kind of like our uh, our my, my Kathleen, my wife just. Oh my God! Look, there's a Denny's. We should stop. I said, "Okay, all right." My kind of place. Well, so there's nothing outrageous on your concert rider, like deviled condor eggs or anything, anything else. It's pretty normal. Deviled huh? condor eggs. That's, that's good. I hadn't heard that. Um, no, nothing. We, you know, I'm pretty healthy backstage. Fruit. It's a. It's a. In a way, you kind of can keep weight off if you don't put on your rider what you really want. Oh. Pastrami sandwiches, triple deckers, you know, and ice cream. I need ice cream. If you leave those things off, you'll probably be able to maintain your weight a little bit better so i'm i'm fruits and waters and healthy 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 all right well let's begin with the new album days like these that you wrote yourself and was produced by brad phillips unlike some actors i will not name you're a pretty serious musician playing lead guitar also slide guitar and banjo right yeah yeah i get around all right well hey let me ask you this speaking of other serious actors slash musicians you know how like rappers also bring in guests on their projects have you ever thought about maybe jamming with steve martin that'd be an interesting collaboration on your next album maybe, um, maybe yeah maybe. steve can really play steve steve's a great great man i mean and he's he's worked on it for decades and that's kind of what we have to do as actors in order to overcome the stigma of being Oh, another actor with a guitar. Oh, another actor that wants to be a rock star. You got to put in the time because we kind of, in a way, have a two-strike count on us against us when we walk out there. Mm-hmm. We're known for something else. We're not known for this. How good can you possibly be, really? And and I I've worked hard on the songwriting. Um, I, I I've been able to play and and write with Keb Moe. Taken lessons with Stefan Grossman. I've shared the stage with Lyle Lovett and John Hyatt a few times. It's just been, you know, when you get backing by people like that, um, you you start to feel like maybe you're not so bad. Maybe you can do this, and maybe you got something to offer. And and being around playwrights in New York has really informed the songwriting, all that imagery and phrasing. So I. And I'm not writing hits so that somebody can sing them in Nashville or I can be famous as a song, as a rock and roll star. I write because I write. Well, and yeah. I, I write specifically for an audience, too. I make sure that what we're doing in the show, an audience can connect with, that it's entertaining. If they aren't entertained, then we failed miserably. And that starts and ends with the songwriting. Well, you have a prior album, Live at the Purple Rose, and on it, there's a song that I've been playing nonstop lately, My Old Dog Fred. Now, that song speaks to me as My Old Dog Fred did die this year. It was tough. It's a great song, man. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, that was... He was a great dog, and... um I'm a dog guy. We're actually bringing my son's dog and my dog are on the road with us. They'll be in the RV with us, but... Yeah, that was um, that was a lament. That was uh, I, I miss him. I miss him today. And, and like you, there are a lot of people who 
who dearly love their dogs, and uh, that that a lot of people related to that. Yeah, I still have his my my Fred's ashes in the living room by his pillow. But anyway, all right. Well, Jeff, when you're stuck for weeks at a time on the movie set, I take it you bring your guitar obviously along and work on on music because there's a ton of downtime, right? You could possibly write a couple rock operas and maybe a play between short you know shot setups, correct? I've definitely written plays sitting on movie sets, you know, especially if you're supporting. Um, you've got you've got days off, and you're stuck in the hotel room, and and put it to use. And I've always written plays there, and the guitar is always there. And it's interesting when you're creating as an actor in a movie or a TV show, it usually unlocks the door to create something, whether it's a song or a play. And uh, it's it's always worked that way. It, it just kind of fires all the cylinders going, and so when. And I, I usually am able to write some, some pretty good stuff in the middle of whether it's Newsroom or Dumb and Dumber 2 or whatever. And uh, uh, that's, a, that's a wonderful byproduct of, of the acting career is being able to know that you, you better have a guitar because you're probably going to pick up a couple of songs while you're there. Right. Well, as a highly accomplished actor, what I find most interesting about your career is among your many intense, dramatic roles, you've also taken on some goofy material, as it's a long walk from the squid and the whale to Dumb and Dumber. That's pretty fearless on your part, I have to say. Yeah, well, thanks. I, I, I wanted to create a range, as wide a range as possible, and to go from a Dumb and Dumber to a squid and the whale to a newsroom uh yeah you just there aren't a lot of actors who do that or who would risk that yeah and and i i i love being able to do that say spud does does jeff's stunning versatility in his career prompt you to look at your own talents and maybe regret that you might not have been blessed with skills Um, outside of doing maybe this talk show um, thing I would recommend that you not compare your God-given talents with someone like Jeff, yes. as it will only cause you mental anguish. Well, yeah, multi-talented people like Jeff Daniels do make me feel a little lacking. Well, I appreciate it. Sure, but I have a lifetime of experience in dealing with those feelings. Well, I, I bet you do. It's just that Jeff is an extreme example of somebody who can do just about everything yeah. really, really well. Speaking with guests like this, it must really take a toll on your self-esteem. Uh, not really until you, unnecessarily, have rubbed reality in my face. I was doing pretty well until you jumped in here. Well, I- I'm sorry. I-, I didn't mean to bum you out. I was just trying to be proactive if overwhelming self-loathing and depression overtook you during this interview. Geez, with co-hosts like you, who needs the nattering nabobs of negativity out there? Listen, I need to pick myself up here and finish this interview with Jeff, so shut the hell up, please. Okay, okay. You know, I now realize I hit a sore spot with this one. My lips are sealed. Hey, I'm real sorry about that, Jeff. I'm back. Got it. So again, before I was rudely interrupted by my temporary co-host here, we were discussing the wide variety of roles you've taken on. It's kind of amazing. To be able to do that, I mean, people look at you like you're schizophrenic, but I've always had a dream of, you know, when I'm 75 or something, to invite all the characters I've ever played over to dinner and just watch them mingle. I would love to to see Harry Dunn mingle with Will McAvoy of Newsroom. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Well, on that note, on the Aaron Sorkin uh, HBO series and newsroom, which was great, you played a very conservative TV news anchor um, who transitioned into more of a populist. In, in today's world, I can't really envision Brit Hume or Brett Baer from Fox News coming over from the dark side. So was there a, a role model in, in real life for that character? I was just curious. 
no, we we chose. I chose um, not to shadow anybody, not to research one specific specific guy because, you know, McAvoy was out there, and um, and I didn't want to go to the press and say yes, I I shadowed so and so, such and such an anchor for a month and blah, blah, blah. and now McAvoy's doing stuff that may, you know I just didn't. I said let's create our own guy. Let's do enough. Research to understand uh, how to be an anchor, and it's really not—it's not dissimilar to starring in a Broadway show. It's not much different than um, being an actor when the camera turns. It's not a performance, but you are on. And there are things you learn from a couple of anchors I talked to locally in Detroit, where they're going. You're—it's a one-on-one conversation with someone at the other end of that lens. Right. You're not talking to a machine. You're not talking to a hundred thousand people. You're talking to one person, and and you know, just little things like that help you land McAvoy so that he can fit in between Brian Williams and Sean Hannity and and you name it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, well, you got two big movies out right now, Steve Jobs and The Martian, uh, along with the tour. So this is kind of a boring time for you right now. How do you stay busy? It's yeah, exactly. And but these gigs, you got to book them like four to six months out. So when they moved Martian's release date up to early October, right, right next to Jobs, I said that's great. Uh, and I'm promoting the the movies right now for another ten days, and then I'm going on tour. Right. That's sacred. And uh, I can't wait to get on tour and and uh, kind of do that other thing I do, and 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 let the kind of movies kind of be seen or you know by other. Just let November kind of happen, but. I'll be on a stage happily, you know, playing guitar with my son. I can't wait. All right, well, last question. Uh, what's been your most memorable moment in your musical career to this point? I've had a bunch of them. Uh, certainly having Lyle Lovett call you out and have you sit next to him and John Hyatt and play something in front of their crowd has to stand out. Getting a lesson in Keb Moe's house. Wow. Um, Stephen Grossman's lessons. Um, I recently, the most recent highlight was David Bromberg threw a 70th birthday bash concert at the Town Hall in New York City, and uh, like three weeks ago. And David called up and asked me to play in it. And I'm I'm a huge Bromberg fan. And I mean, the guy's such a player. He could also write funny. And I just was so honored to show up and, and be part of that celebration. And the fact that he thought I was good enough to be included, well, it meant the world to me. Wow, all right. I really want to thank you for calling in tonight, Mr. Jeff Daniels. Thank you, Spud. The sun don't shine and the rain don't fall. Mind over matter don't matter at all. London Bridge ain't falling down. Humped and dumped ain't flat on the ground. Nitty ain't gritty and my baby ain't pretty. And there ain't nothing new in New York City. Nickels ain't a dime, can't make a kill without committing a crime.
tried ain't true and the coast ain't clear there ain't no need to worry there ain't nothing to fear nitty ain't pretty and my baby ain't pretty and it ain't not no in new york city the blind can't hear and the deaf can't see the devil in you ain't the angel in me you can't get ahead without falling behind well the air ain't human and forgiving ain't divine nothing worth nothing around the moon in june better late never come a little too soon wolf ain't howling in my front door the poor man's ceiling ain't the rich man's floor nitty ain't gritty and my baby ain't pretty and it ain't nothing new in new york city Yeah, Jeff Daniels sounds like a pretty cool dude. He could have hung up on you, but he hung in there until the end. I thought we kind of hit it off. I mean, he he was he was never even close to hanging up on me. Well, it wouldn't have been the first time a celebrity guest hung up on you over the years, though. Yeah, but at least like Mitch McConnell, you know, who who was Senate Majority Leader back then when when he did, uh, you know, hang up on me. Uh, I felt a, a sense of victory then, not rejection. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I will never understand how we got him to come on our show. I, I know he was pushing a book of his, but still, doing the Spud Goodman show? Come on. Uh, anyway, it's it's a good thing for the both of us, you know, that that interview never aired. It was it was bad enough that we did air my interview with Newt Gingrich. Or before that, I mean, geez, I, I thought it would be funny to have him on. He was doing a book tour too, and it would, you know, it give me the opportunity to get in a few jabs. And yeah, I did, but I still felt, you know, a whole lot of shame, you know, for a long time after that one. You dick. Anyway, all right, uh, let's move on to my interview with our musical guest, The Fuzz. Uh, these guys rock. Uh, Dave, roll the interview and their live performance. All right, musical guest interview time. Please welcome to the show our musical guest tonight, The Fuzz. Gentlemen, please allow our listeners to know your legal birth names, height, weight, and your instrument of choice. I am Rod. I am 5'8", and I play a blue Stratocaster. Uh, I'm Andy. I don't know how tall I am. I play a red Strat. Thank you very much. I'm Super. Brad, I'm about 5'6", <laughs> and I play bass. I'm Tom, I play drums, I'm 5'9", and I play a white set of drums. All right. Well, all you guys have like a, length, a lengthy uh, family uh, band tree, correct? So please state for the record some of the names of the prior bands you've all been in. Oh, boy. How long do you have? Um, <laughs> let's see. Spike, Swallow, Green Handshake, Deranged Diction. Uh, Brad, you take from there. Uh, convicted, corruption, final conflict, Rick Agnew's yard sale, <laughs> cheeky white devils, and lucky devils. Super. I was in a band called the Wiley City Rounders. I was in a band called Manly Footwear. I was in a band yes. called the Skid Marks. That's incredible. <laughs> and and I um, played drums in a brand Gibraltar, a Vicious Fishes, um, Bam Bam. Uh, called in sick, and now the crate. All right, we can't Super. forget. We can't forget the runaway trains. That's, that's exactly. Oh my god, runaway trains! Yeah, you right. guys I did my that, show years that's ago. Right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Tom and I were both in that band. That's right. Yeah. Well, for our listeners outside of the Seattle Tacoma market, uh, and we have we're around the country now. So who may, you know, they may not be aware of the North Northwest rock history. What are some of the bands, I know from this region that have influenced you guys, and for sure other bands around the world, because that's a fact. Could we start with maybe the Sonics and the Whalers and go from there? 
Uh, yeah, Sonics and the Whalers, and I was I was really proud to play with the Sonics at Easy Street Records. Nice. Super thing. Oh yeah. So that was that was a highlight. Uh, Ramones, uh, you know, Black Flag at a certain point in time. The Beatles, uh, you know, Stones. All right. Else, you know. All right, super. Well, for the record, how many members of the band own a George Foreman grill? I mean, they've sold a billion of them, but nobody ever admits that they you know, ever bought one. Ooh, uh, sold mine at the garage sale. About well, maybe in the basement somewhere. I don't know. It could be there. We I own know. two of them just as I have a backup one. All right, guys. Well, maybe I have one too. I right. still have the Rock'em Sock'em Robots. All right, well, that, that's kind of cool. All right. Well, what's the name of the first song you're going to be doing? And is it off the new record, Best Kept yes. Secret, now available online at greenmonkeyrecords.com? It is. And it's called Wilt. And it's about my sports hero, Wilt Chamberlain. And his uh, oh, wow. sports life and his uh, other life. On Wilt. Yeah, he is a legendary in all phases of this. All right, let's do this. Yeah, music written by our bass player, Brad Jackman, right there. Super. He was a big, big man. Number 13 Not one man could control Will Chamberlain 100 points 10,000 girls He broke all the records He was the greatest in the world Girls, that's what he said. He kept the names of everyone in a little black book under his bed. One hundred points, ten thousand girls. He broke all the records. He was the best in the world. He shoots. Chamberlain, the NBA star, actually slept with 10,000 women? 
Uh, that's what he said in his book. He, he was a player in all phases of his life, I guess. You know, he, he passed away in 1999, so no one, you know, can can question his math now. But you know, I was always told by my late father that gentlemen don't talk about that stuff. They they take the fifth at all times when the topic of romantic encounters are brought up. It, it's it's just the wise route to go. I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. Chance would never be a player like Wilt Chamberlain. In fact, I think I can say this publicly as he shared it with many others. On our wedding night, I will be Chance's first. It's very special to both of us. Yeah, I don't mind you sharing that. My dad sort of doesn't like hearing that, but most of my female friends think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd rather not know about that kind of information. So let's let's move on to some more of the discussion that went down in the studio during this episode. Uh, Dave? Say, uh, Spud, yeah? I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, the Tea Party has designated Fridays now to be Freedom Fridays. Uh, Dinner is served. Maybe we could dedicate a portion of this program to freedom. It's really a trending word right now. If you go on social media... Yeah, you know, I don't know how to log on to that tweeter place, but yeah, I have heard that freedom, you know, that word's being used a lot lately these days. Yeah, I I get it. Yeah, yeah, and with good reason, too. From what I've heard on a couple of uh, talk radio shows in the last few weeks, we just might be on the verge of Obama announcing martial law before he leaves office. Well, hey, is is martial law stricter than, like, regular law? Because it sounds kind of scary. Yes, it is, and it's one step before that Sharia law system is implemented as the final piece of this country being taken over. I read online that right now the federal government is preparing re-education centers at closed-up malls around the country. Very chilling stuff. Uh, Judge Andrew Napoli. I did not know this. Yeah. Well, listen, this guy's on Fox Business Channel, and he was kind of hinting at this last time he was on. You know, he used to have his own show there before it got canceled, and I think it did have the word freedom in the title. And... He's a real judge, Spud. Well, huh? so is Judge Judy. Big deal. Well, he's not the only one predicting all of our freedoms will soon be taken away by the federal government. Do you remember that act- actor Randy Quaid? Uh, he's been a political prisoner in exile in Randy Canada. Quaid? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, been I, in, I know in exile is, for right? years due to this big conspiracy of the feds. Thank God he's out now, but I sure hope he isn't put in one of those re-education centers here in the U.S. No, after he's all he's been through up in Canada. Uh, no, I, I think he got put in jail at first for skipping out on his rent or something, you know. But but maybe one of those relocation centers at the old malls will have like a hairmasters or a great clip still open. Is the photos I saw of that dude? He could sure use a shave and a haircut. Uh, I, I, listen, I bet his freedom to practice proper grooming habits was taken away. God, I sure hope he is able to return to show business now. Yeah, well, maybe. Spud, I know that you continue to feel that the liberals will never implement martial law or uh, what I mentioned on the freedom episode, that Sharia law thing, you know, where people will have to use sign language instead of speaking. Really, really strange sign language. Oh, Gerald, where in the hell did you hear that liberals were going to institute martial law or any other law besides what we are now governed by. Uh, You're listening to way too much conservative talk radio and visiting sites on the Internet where they just want to scare you. Just relax. We're coming for you, globalist! Dorothy, people like Gerald can't just relax. They're addicted to being scared. 
My dad's so frightened by the libs these days, he won't eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream because he thinks they might be putting in some kind of ingredient that makes you impotent or something. I guess <laughs> so conservatives won't reproduce or some oh. BS. I think hmm. that's what he told my mother a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, your dad and Randy Quaid, uh, he kind of comes to mind, should like hang out. As I think they might really hit it off. That's just my take. Yeah. Uh, maybe RFK, too. Uh, but OK, let's move on to my interview with one of my most favorite guests, uh, Mr. Ed Asner. Now, uh, sadly, he left this world on 8-29-21, and I can confidently say, you know, there will never, ever be another one like this man. He was different. Yeah, and I, I guess some have said he could be a bit cranky and hard to get along with at times, but most great minds and talents uh, get frustrated with mediocrity. You know, I, I know I got on his nerves a bit uh, at the times he was on our show, but I know I'm never going to forget him ever. Um, I believe this was the first time he ever appeared on our show. Uh, Dave, run the segment. All right, please say hello to a man that has one of the most impressive resumes in the history of show business, actor Ed Asner. Welcome to our show. And I am delighted to be with you. Cool. All right, super. Well, Ed, you've won seven Emmys to date as an actor. I supposedly am credited for having won the most Emmys for somebody who did the role both dramatically and comedically. Well, yeah, so, yeah. The same damn character. It was character. my varying of the role that got me the special attention that you are now courting me. Right, in both, you know, in the Mary Tyler Moore show as a comedy and later the drama Lou Grant. So that, it still has to feel pretty damn sweet, doesn't it? Oh, you bet your bippy. All right, super. Yeah. Um, How is your bippy, by the way? Well, you know, it... it <sighs> You know, lately it's been kind of neglected. Let's just go with that. So I'm working on that. I'm working on it, though. I'm working on it. Um, Is it growing? Uh, no, no. Those days are long past. But, oh, that's uh, too bad. Yeah. Well, let's 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 talk about the show. Uh, Maybe if you put some fertilizer on it, it would grow. Yeah, yeah. And there's also obviously, you know, as I watch cable news, there's some pills out there. They're trying to. They're saying that it helps. Oh, helps, but, okay. You know, yeah. Okay. But um. Yeah. So you moved, you moved on uh, from doing Lou Grant in, in Mary's sitcom to starring in your own drama as you, Lou Grant. So maybe it's me, but I just can't see Jerry Seinfeld doing Jerry to say I'm a you know, manic-depressive stand-up who helps cops solve crimes or either of those two broke girls working in an ER at a hospital or something. You have what they call great range. So was it weird going from comedy to drama? No, I was frustrated, though. I, I, I had been uh, urged by my producers and the director of Mary that, you know, I have to remember who I am. I have to be the flagship carrier. I can't, I'll be the only remaining link to the Mary Tyler Moore show. So I've got to keep the spirit alive, got to keep the, the individual alive to remind people of where he came from, blah, 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 blah. And I became so frustrated trying to be the comedic Lou Grant that I said, I have to approach this as a new beginning. <clears throat> I have to find the man that I feel should represent these lines. And I went into myself and I found a new Lou. Obviously you did. And it worked. It worked. Yeah, it worked. It um, worked. 
Well, the Mary Tyler Moore show was beloved by so many. Off the record now, do you think that maybe the full cast might have been the strongest lineup ever in network sitcoms like Mary You, Gavin McLeod, Ted Knight, Valerie Harper, Cloris Leachman, Betty White, and Georgia Engel? Pretty strong. That's a damn strong group of uh, comedic actors. That's a very strong group. But I have to tell you that the cast that we assembled for uh, uh, Lou Grant, each one was uh, a non-pareal in the execution of that role. Well, I wanted to touch on your tenure as SAG president, and an honor shared by Ronald Reagan also in the late 40s, I believe. Well, was that when yeah. he was still a Democrat? Because I can't see a supplied-side guy, you know, being a labor leader. Uh, yeah, anyway. I believe he was, but I'm, I'm, I, can't, I can't swear to that. Right. Well, you know, I guess in the 60s, Hillary was a Republican, so people can change, I guess. But Yeah, right. Uh, how did how did you uh, how how was that experience as SAG president enjoyable? Just too much damn hassle, or how how, how was it for you? Well, the, the interesting thing was that um, the, your your friends become a, a bigger pain in the ass than your enemies because uh, you're always disappointing your friends and not wholeheartedly espousing every one of their causes. So you can't satisfy the people all the time, and they, they get bugged and PO'd at you. Yeah. Uh, your enemies are always going to be your enemies, and, you know, they can't change their spots. So uh, you're always surprised that they give you less of a problem than you expected. I just wrote that down because I got a few enemies. All right, super. Um, well, what? If I may... It was quite brave of you to publicly admit to Ed, who is beloved by millions, yes, that you yourself have a number of enemies at this time. Well, <clears throat> and uh, that list, it seems to be growing. But I'm aware I, of this. I wouldn't let it get you down too much because some of those that really hate you, you know, the ones consumed with vitriol, might be looking at a shortened lifespan. All right, who arranged this interview? As anger is a very unhealthy energy source. Yeah, well, maybe you should consider that too, you know, when you tune into those radio talk shows you're so into these days. Well, I listen to talk radio for information, things that I cannot get anywhere else. Y you know, though Ed and I are polar oh opposites politically, I've always really enjoyed him as Lou Grant. Very impressive actor. Well, I I'm sure your approval is very important to Ed. Will you just keep it down and let me get back to him? Yeah, okay, no problem. Um... Well, let's touch a bit on politics a bit more. You played Warren Buffett in the HBO film Too Big to Fail. How, how is it a billionaire like Mr. Buffett can get tagged on Fox News as a borderline socialist for only advocating adjusting the minimum you know, percentage tax rate for those making over a million bucks? I, I mean, what, it per, per affects maybe 0.03% of the population? I mean, was that a good idea? Or I, I think it's a great idea, and uh, too bad that the, uh, the billionaires aren't uh, more uh, commonly found than Warren Buffett, but I mean, he's an honest man and he, he speaks the truth and uh, I respect him enormously for his opinions. Right, yes. Uh, he's done kind of well, you know, I don't, I don't think he's... Uh... Yeah, he, he isn't losing money while he's talking. Yeah, really. Um, well, you know, on tonight's show, we're discussing the word freedom. Uh, and from listening to conservatives these days, on our country now is in the midst of a Bolshevik revolution, I guess. Uh, is, is freedom in this country a thing of the past? Has it gone the route of pet, pet rocks and actual music being played on MTV? Uh, freedom uh, becomes, uh, unfortunately, we're now in an age because the quote-unquote terrorist attacks, we're now in an age where they impinge upon your private life. Uh, 
I think the government uh, in in internal affairs is uh, a little too snoopy, a little too investigative. Yeah. Uh, yet at the same time, a, lo- a little bit too too controlling. And yet we still have the one percent dominate our lives, uh, the ninety nine percent of which I'm a proud member, and. Uh, that's a worrisome aspect to me, the fact that uh, the rich are getting richer, or the ultra-rich are getting ultra-richer. And the, uh, the middle class and the poor are staying the same or sinking. You know, my, I guess my point is nothing really radical, and to, to the best of my knowledge, has, has occurred in the last seven, in, uh, seven years or whatever, so... Uh, it sounds to me like it was much ado about nothing, but I'll move on. But I just wanted to get your take on that. Do you think maybe it's a little bit of overreaction? When I can't imagine why the first day he took office, it freaked out so many people. I can't imagine. Could you come up with any reason? Obama. Yes. Well, he's black. Oh yeah, you didn't know that, that was it. That was yeah. Okay, all right. Sorry. All right, my bad. Yeah. All right. Super. And this there's uh, a huge streak of racism running rampant in it. And it extends as far as uh, the brown people as well, the Mexicans, yes. the Central Americans. Yes. So, uh, and they, of course, form a large, uh, there aren't that many rich among them, so they form a large block within the 99% we refer to. Right, right. And they're not getting richer. No, no, they're not. All right, well, I don't want to get too heavy here. Let me get back to your movie career. Why did you get heavy? What? What's wrong with heavy? I mean, you got something against heavy? No, no, no. You're going to say I should lose weight? No, I'm not doing that. I'm just thinking Well, about you're it. damn right. Well, yeah, I suppose we all need to do that. As soon as I learn how, I'll tell my, you. My producer's always on me not to get too heavy into the political thing. So let's, let's talk a bit about uh, your role in the very entertaining Pixar movie, Up, and it was highly acclaimed. Do you, do you find doing voice work is just as satisfying artistically as working in live-action films? Oh, yeah, I, I find excitement in any uh, type of performance, be it voiceover, be it narrator, be it uh, radio, be it uh, 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 TV, or be it uh, the feature film. I, I, I'm able to get excited about what I'm doing, and if I feel I can't get excited, I generally won't take the job. All right, okay. All right, I would like to express my gratitude to you for calling into our show and spending some time with us because, I mean, I could easily take up an hour going over stuff with you, but I, I know you have other issues and other things, you know, stuff to do. So uh, yeah. maybe we could speak again sometime down the road. That's my hope. I would welcome it. That's fine. Super. You're a good interviewer. Wow, that, that, that will not be erased uh, from, that'll be on my permanent hard drive forever. Okay. There you have it, Mr. Ed Asner. My pleasure. You know, this being the first time Mr. Asner was on our show, I don't think you annoyed him that much, Spud. 
Yes, yes, big fan of Ed Asner. He will be missed by many, many people. Yeah, I know his son, Matt Asner, is continuing Ed's charity efforts through the Ed Asner Family Center. They do great work. But anyway, okay, moving on to a segment that we call Dave's Pastiche. Uh, Dave Brenneman uh, is our audio director uh, on the old radio show for, I don't know, 20-some years, 25, whatever, and uh, in the cold cable TV show and uh, obviously with this new podcast. But he has this like extensive library of really odd and rare recordings, and he often, you know, produced these things, you know, for our show. This particular one aired on this episode. They're they're always interesting. Uh, Dave, if you would be so kind as to cue up one of your segments that aired on this one. Why this record? Why should you listen to a full scale discussion of the magic of thinking big? 25,000 records will be released this year. Why one more? I don't know you. I don't know where you work. I don't know how much money you earn. But I do think I know two things about you that are important. The fact that you're listening to this record proves you are interested in larger success. You want to fulfill your desires. You want to enjoy a fine standard of living. You want this life to deliver to you all the good things you deserve. Being interested in success is a wonderful quality. sounding or not, I think our United States of America is the most. And I don't mean the fact that our 7% of the planet's people possess more than half of all the good things. I mean, just the real estate of the United States from sea to shining sea is incomparable. I don't know what the pastiche was trying to say, but it was for sure interesting. Well, I think it might be over the heads of some. But if you listen to it a few times, you might get the message. I might not always understand the teaching point of some of this pastiches, but I mean, no one out there you know, does what he does. So anyway, hats off to you, Dave. Okay, I guess now we're going to re- revisit a poem by our own poetry man. Yeah, and I guess it's titled Gluten-Free. Uh, hit it, please. Gluten-free. I now only eat food that is gluten-free, as I want to be the healthiest person I can be. I will never again eat stuff that tastes good to me, and also now things smell a little different when I pee. I will die a very healthy but sad man, you see, as now I only eat food that is gluten-free. You know, the last time I saw Poetry Man, I think it was at a show a barbecue we had, I think it was last summer, and he was wolfing down a whole lot of stuff that looked like it had a ton of gluten in it. So uh, I think he fell off that wagon. 
you know, I think that the gluten-free fad was created by Marxist women that wanted our men to lose all their muscle mass so they could be pushed aside in their quest for power. That is messed up, yo. Yeah, I, I think you should shut up now, Gerald. Shut up. I second that thought. So now I guess we're going to revisit the conclusion of the Freedom episode. I, I don't remember for sure uh, if anything was resolved or not, but I'm, I'm guessing probably not. Uh, Dave, roll it. Spud, Spud, we have somebody holding on the line to speak with you. Right. As I've said on many occasions, I am not given the show schedule, so I can't confirm this, but I don't think this is someone famous or anything. Do well, you, do you want to take it? Maybe it will be someone who knows someone famous, so put it through. All right. Is this, uh, is this the guy who doesn't seem to understand what the word freedom means? Do you need me to explain it to you? Do you need me to explain it to you? Well, I understand it because that greatest generation who pretty much saved this country in World War II would have a pretty tough time feeling, you know, dudes like you losing the right to own a bazooka or a flamethrower was what they were fighting for. Hey, you know, there are many more issues threatening our freedom. Your co-host there, Jerry, he seems to get it. So what's your problem? Uh, it, it's, it's Gerald, caller. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem, by the way. I, I just don't get why some guys like you, you sound like one of these kind of guys, they get, you get so wigged out. I mean, it started the day after Obama was elected, and, and if Hillary or Bernie are elected next November, I, he, uh, millions of, of white men are really going to soil their underpants. That's Charlie, obvious. don't surf! You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? I mean, you guys survived Obama, right? And no one has kicked in your front door yet. You know, I, I made it through the Bush years. You know, though I lost a few points on my IQ, which, by the way, I'll never get back, ever. Well, you know, okay, well, let's start with taxes then. I mean, uh, this is what fuels all socialist countries. Taxes are choking the life out of America in case you're not aware of it. Uh, you know, I'm with you, caller. Taxes are way too high, and they're threatening our freedom. Y yeah, but with all countries with electricity and running water, they all have taxes. And I Googled tax rates the, the other day, and it said they were much higher, like 60 years ago. D didn't you ever watch Happy Days? You know, Richie Cunningham, Potsy, Ralph Mouth. You know, life was pretty good on that show. You know, that was a TV show, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, it was, but it was a pretty good one, and, you know, at least until Fonzie tried water skiing. It, uh, was, you know, it was pretty decent. I did always enjoy Happy Days myself, but I agree with this caller, Spud. It was a TV show and not a valid reference point to justify the effectiveness of higher taxes. <laughs> I don't have time to go back to that Google thing and, and find out any more information on the topic. So mm. right now, I just need to end this conversation. We're about out of time here, man. Thanks for calling. Whatever. Yeah, tip, yeah, typical liberal tactic when confronted with the truth about how our freedoms are being threatened. You know, all you want to... Look, maybe so. You know, but this is really boring, and I need to close the show now. I'm sorry about your freedom being taken away. Um, maybe you could go from, uh, I don't know, form your own country. That's an idea. There's a lot of open space up in that Arctic region. It's a bit chilly, but no one would bug you up there. Just a suggestion. I got, I'm out of here. Bye. All right. Okay, let me close this show right now, so cool it on all the freedom references. I've just OD'd on that word. I mean, those right-wing goobers in Congress, they even formed their own club, right? They, they formed that Freedom Caucus. What's next? An Open Carry Caucus? Or, or an Ayn Rand Caucus? Listen, a true patriot would never say something like that, Spud. You know, I got this email from the Freedom Works people yesterday. They said there is better than a 50% chance that Obama will be sending out the National Guard on house-to-house -house searches to confiscate all our ammo. 
all yeah. ammunition. Yeah. I, I heard they'll be letting us keep our guns, but a lot of good that'll do us, right? So I, for one, am very grateful that the Freedom Caucus is in Congress. But, but that I, is messed up, yo. But, those are the whack jobs who, who keep trying to shut down the government, though, right? Thank God they got spanked and sent to the room so adults in their party can try and govern. Those almost messed up my vacation plans for next month when we're off a week. I was going to take a Greyhound to L.A. Oh. and visit Venice Beach. You know, if it was closed up, I would have been really pissed off. Uh, you know, Venice Beach outside of Los Angeles is not a national park, bud, so it wouldn't be part of any government shutdown, so okay. no worries there. All right. But listen, you need to understand, those principled House Republican memers are just trying to defend our freedom and our need. Yeah, and, okay, and I get we it. need to support them as they're getting roasted in the lamestream media. Gerald. Now, listen, this is so unfair, as they're really the only thing standing between us and forced attendance at mosques. We're talking yeah. every day at sunsound, sundown. But I'm a busy man. I have two jobs, as you know. I like to relax after I get home from work. You are a sad, strange little man. Listen, listen I, Look, I enjoy church on Sundays, but not every single I, I, day. I hear you. Not every, every day. Every day would be a drag, but See? the government's too disorganized for that to ever happen. They can't even fix the potholes in my neighborhood. I don't I mean, know. Someone on the internet probably started that rumor. Maybe some 13-year-old trying to punk all you cranky old get-off-my-lawn types. That's, okay. yeah, that's and, for sure. And, and if you're wrong... Well, I guess then you and all those freedom dudes can say I told you so. But can I ask you something? Yeah. If you hate government so much, do you know how to put out fires, solve crimes, deliver mail, and fight wars yourself? That's a lot of heavy lifting at your age. I don't you think it's going to happen. this one through. Our government agencies may not work real well. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. But, you know, every man for himself, that fairy tale only works in books. You couldn't have enough AR-57 ammo to keep every wandering hobo out of your yard. They won't go down easy like those fake zombies on The Walking Dead. Well, I don't own an assault rifle myself. Thank God. They're, they're pretty pricey, if you ask me. And actually, I don't have any weapons myself, as my wife Rachel doesn't feel I How have How are the, they going to beat ISIS? I, I don't have the skills to properly handle them. But I, I did have an unfortunate incident accidentally discharging a Glock in the living room. Uh, it upset the kids. So right now, the wife is the one in the family who handles a firearm. Yeah. The only one. She won't even let you carry, like... Maybe an empty thirty-eight with like one bullet no. in, in your pocket, like Barney Fife. No, wow, that's no. sad. But it's probably a good decision. Anyway, I gotta say good night now. So let me let me change the subject here. I am so burned out on the word freedom. I am spud. As burned out as I was on that episode with the word freedom. Freedom! Uh, now I'm way more tired of hearing you try to exploit what was a, a very nice nonpartisan word for a couple centuries, and now it's a, a brave heart-like buzzword for right wingers. Uh, just find another word, please. Oh, we patriots will never forsake what is a sacred word like freedom. Freedom! It's our brand now. I, I try to use it in most conversations a few times a day off the show. Uh, I know you're a freedom hater, so I limit my usage on this program. I was told by a U.S. history professor I had in community college that Real freedom means one has the right to ignore others screaming about being more patriotic than others. It's not a competition, you know. Well, I'm not saying I'm more patriotic than, say, you or, or even Spud. I'm just saying that real Americans know the true meaning of that word. Others are somewhat confused. 
nowhere in the Constitution does it say that one has the freedom to make fun of the greatest president of all time, Donald J. Trump. That is not a freedom. That should be against the law, as we really need to respect our true leaders. And it only makes common sense. Uh, no, outing Trump for the slimy grifter he is would be a basic right. And thank God he's not our leader anymore. Get him out of here. Right away. Yeah, and I think that's the First Amendment, too. Gerald, if you were to sit down with someone from the greatest generation, you know, the people who saved the world in World War II, though most have now passed on, those still with us would tell you what the true meaning of freedom is. And it has nothing to do with worshiping false political gods, guns, or creating a safe space for frightened white people. The word means tolerating others. You know, live and let live while respecting the rule of law so this country can continue to thrive. Wow, Aunt Dorothy. I think that little statement of yours should go viral or, or whatever the heck they call it. Not a joke. Well, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree on the topic of freedom. Oh, brother. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Anyway, all right, let me close this thing now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Uh, but I will say in closing that when Donald Trump is returned to the White House next year, he will fix everything that is wrong with this country and, and probably do it in like 10 days or so. He is so smart. I'm a very stable genius. Uh, who told you you're allowed to say anything in closing? I mean, did I just you just piped in and said in closing? No, that's that's not going to ever happen again, ever. No temporary co-host has allowed that privilege. Well, temporary permanent co-host. And I just thought that I could oh, offer... Oh, really? Chance and I have to go now. Bye. Yeah, uh, bye. Hey, Dorothy, do we stop at Burger King before you drop me off at my parents' house? I was thinking a Whopper sounds really good. Uh, sure, I guess. That boy sure does love his fast food. Yeah, I told my aunt, you know, he needs to start paying for his own food when they go out, but she thinks he's still growing and, and needs to consume a lot of calories. But anyway, I, I got to go myself later. Oh, uh, uh, Dave, are, are you still in the booth? No? Hello? N anybody here? No? Okay, okay then. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. I am your host, Gerald Holcomb. And I am pleased to be... You've been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show. No more a waste of your time than other vacuous programs currently on the air. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Production. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is PJ Pipes. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Freedom!
Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show podcast, copyright 2023, Spud Goodman Productions. 